baseball. No crying. And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my Set God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome in, everybody, to Payoff Pitch Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Hope you all had a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for all of your service. Sean Zarillo is here. Brendan Glasheen with Sean Zarillo, Anthony DeBundo. DeBundo is back from his trip. Great to have DeBundo back on the podcast. We're here every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Most of the time. We took yesterday off. We're here Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the baseball season. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate those five-star ratings. Any reviews you leave, we appreciate it. Gives us a chance to uh, sift through some feedback and get better as the year goes on so thank you for doing that and those of you that won uh we'll do some more giveaways later in the season so stay tuned for that 15 game slate on this tuesday of course with the holiday yesterday not every, not every team was in action but there's a fair amount of games going on yesterday we got a full slate to look into it's kind of that barometer point i had we had bj and charlie on friday gents and we were just discussing how you know it's that kind of measuring stick kind of time of year now right memorial day you're in it or you're not in it uh, turns out with the, that extra wild card now being in the in the mix, a lot of teams probably think they are in it. So a uh, good time of year for baseball. Sean Zarillo, best bet for Tuesday with everyone in action today. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox in the first five innings. Uh, Lucas Giolito, a guy that we talked about a ton on this podcast last season, just from a fading perspective, because he had taken a step back. His numbers this year, look about the same as they do last year. Strikeout minus walk rate, expected ERA, all kind of in the same territory, but he blew up in his last start. Seven walks, four strikeouts, gave up a bunch of runs. Prior to that start, his metrics had sort of come in the middle of where they were the past two seasons. Expected ERA of around 3.1 a couple years ago, 4.3 last year. He was in that 3.6, 3.7 range as of a week ago until he blew up and I still view him as a better pitcher than Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson had a good year with the Dodgers last year, was commanding the ball well. This year, that command has gone away. Below average stuff with below average command, where Giolito at least is showing above average command, even though his stuff has taken a step back. The White Sox also in their better split. They are better against lefties than righties. Uh, so I don't think it's a terrible matchup for Giolito. And just the White Sox in general drawing a lefty who's struggling offensively. I uh, made this line about minus 160, minus 165 for the first five innings. So up to minus 150, minus 151 for the White Sox in the first half. And then also, if you can get an over eight and a half up to about minus 128 or over nine to minus 108 with the weather, with these pitchers, how I view them, made this total closer to about nine and a quarter. Actually, I believe nine and a half. All right, very good. White Sox, first five. They're on a bit of a skid, but Giolito's looking to bounce back after a tough start at Detroit. DeBundo, welcome back. Best bet for Tuesday. The Detroit Tigers, plus 115 against the Texas Rangers. Alex Fido starting. Fido, 
still not sure how to pronounce that name, to be honest with you. But Fajardo has been uh, pretty good, and, and I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing under the hood by his numbers as well. Uh, from a Stuff Plus perspective, the fastball is somewhat below average, but he's showing really elite command. Uh, and he's pairing that with a very good breaking ball and a very good changeup and getting a decent number of whiffs with it uh, as a result. So, you know, the whiff rate, which had been a problem for him in the past, you know, he wasn't really like a swing and miss guy. And so he was kind of pitching to contact and trying to rely on that. He has really upped uh, the whiff rate this year uh, to the point now where he's striking out, you know, 26.8% of hitters. Uh, and his strikeout minus walk is up there amongst the best in all of baseball. It's only 21 innings. So the sample is a little small. But if he's going to maintain these elite command numbers, uh, he's got a real chance to be a bit of a breakout this season. Uh, and from a Stuff Plus perspective, I still don't know how Martin Perez put together this season that he did last year. It was a, quite a lot of smoke and mirrors to do it. But at least you could say you know, he was striking out more guys, getting more whiffs, uh, and kind of being a very good nibbler last season. This year, like the strikeout numbers are back down to about what his average is uh, for his career. Uh, in on average, you know, you look at his numbers, strikeouts over year, year per year, 18, 17.6. Uh, and then he has a 20.6 year last year, which was the career year, best XERA he's ever had, best ERA by a mile he's ever had. Well, now, uh, you know, his ERA is back up a run uh, more than it was last year. And the strikeouts are down considerably down to 16.7%. The whiffs uh, are down and he's getting fewer chases. So I think a lot of it, what, what it is now is that people are just kind of, sitting off uh, the, the nibbling a little bit better. Uh, Detroit, not a great lineup necessarily for that because they do chase a lot, but they are much better against lefties than righties. Uh, it's a lineup that was one of the worst in the league against righties last year, this year um, hitting about average against lefties overall. Uh, and from a you know regression perspective, I mean, this Texas lineup is hitting better with runners in scoring position by a mile than every team in baseball. So I think there is some regression coming for Texas. You could say the same about Detroit in, the, in that sense as well. Uh, but overall, I like Fido. I'm riding with them at home, plus 115. And Texas, one of the top over teams in baseball this year, 58.8% clip. That's fourth best, only behind Tampa, Boston, and Atlanta. Texas Rangers, but they're being faded by DeBundo today with the Tigers. Okay, let's find out if we're going to fade the public on this Tuesday. And our subject today is once again the Oakland Athletics. They are plus 200 today against Atlanta at home. The A's won. They won last night. They won, of course, on a day we didn't, if we had payoff pitch yesterday, who knows? Maybe they would have been a team that we decided to uh, give out as an underdog play. Oakland plus 200 tonight against Atlanta. 89% of the bets, 61% of the cash coming in on Atlanta. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? Sean Zarillo, is this a spot where you say, hmm, maybe there's a chance here to take Oakland? Yeah, I mean, I made this line closer to plus 190, so plus 210 or better is certainly an actionable price for me. It's just a question of whether I actually want to pull the trigger on the A's today. So it, it really is become a situation with how bad they're playing that their line is just going to be overinflated compared to what we would expect on a daily basis. But saying it's overinflated compared to what they've actually done on the field yeah. is probably an incorrect statement. So uh, it's a historically bad team. You got to pick your spots with them. As I've said, you've got to manage your budget probably separately. As <laughs> I've said, I'm not sure if I'm pulling the trigger yet, but I believe Anthony did for today. So I will, I will let him explain why, but, Yes, at plus 210 or better, it's a bet I can justify, just a bet I'm not sure if I want to make. And since we talked about this on Friday, is I think Charlie may have given them out Friday. 
of last week. Yes. Yeah, I can't yeah Charlie's three and zero when he gives him out on the pod. Uh, I think they lost Friday. Oh, they lost oh, they Friday. Lost they were up and uh, ended, yeah. yep. I had their first five on. That was that was very yeah. annoying. So, but when they win to Bundo, they score runs. I know they, they score runs. Much. Period. What's that? They score runs. Their they offense is runs. not bad. No, seven runs last night. What do you think about tonight, though? Uh, Ryan Noda, by the way, now the AL leader in F WAR amongst rookies should be noted. Uh, he is mm. still like seventy-five to one to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, if you wanted to throw another dart, I wouldn't hate it. I'm not betting it myself, but uh, that <laughs> seems interesting. I'm already exposed in a couple guys in the market, including Esther Ruiz, who uh, is going to steal eighty bases this year. But uh, you know, I bet the A's last night. It was one of the worst spots you'll ever see for a baseball team. I mean, they the the, the Braves scored hundred runs on Sunday night baseball at home. They didn't get into Oakland until 3 a.m. local time, 6 a.m. or sorry, 6 a.m. East Coast time, 3 a.m. local. So that's a huge travel situation to have to go on the road all the way across the country uh, and then play a game. And Paul Blackburn is solid and he was good last night. And I think JP Sears is good. I mean, Sears this year has given up a ton of homers, right? He's given up two homers per nine. Uh, and in small samples, that's pretty noisy. And if you look at his minor league stuff and his minor league data, like there's nothing in that that tells me he's going to have a home run problem. Like he was giving up like one homer per nine in the minors. Uh, and so I don't think Sears is necessarily uh, going to continue to give up, you know, 17% uh, or sorry, 11% barrel rate, 17th percentile. Like uh, he's getting hit decently hard, but the strikeout minus walk is good. He gets a lot of swing and miss <clears throat> good chase rates. Like there, there's a lot to like about the Sears profile where he's a, about a league average pitcher, I think. Uh, and I think about the same of Bryce Elder. I mean, Elder's been in much the topic of baseball Twitter and of of uh, analytics Twitter, and, and people are like, how does he keep doing this? Look, he's got a two ERA. Everybody knows he's not actually that good. And you can look at the StatCast profile, and you see all the blue, and, and you know, he gives up a lot of hard hits and barrels and whatnot. Uh, the strikeout minus walk, though, I mean, you just look at it from a peripheral perspective, it's worse than than Sears. I mean, his strikeout minus walk rate is worse than J.P. Sears is, uh, and and so I think I actually have the better starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, Elder, his projections are right around a 4.1, 4.2 ERA. I would put him somewhere between that and his actual XERA, so right around a league average pitcher. Uh, and I think Sears uh, beats those projections once he gets the home runs down. So with the better starter at home and a lineup that is better than everybody seems to think, I know that the bullpen's been really bad and it's cost him a lot of games, but when they're starting a capable starter and that lineup is – slightly below league average. I'm going to back them at, you know, two to one or better here uh, at home. So give me the A's again. We ride second straight day, Oakland. All right. Very good. We'll see if we can have another analyst come on payoff pitch and give a, an Oakland A's winner plus 200 over at bet MGM as we record on this Tuesday morning. Speaking of underdogs, none significant like the A's, but uh, potential underdogs that we like. And Zarillo, you're on the same page as DeBundo as it pertains to the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I feel like Anthony stole my thunder a little bit here with Alex Fajardo. I gave out Fajardo last week as a potential breakout candidate. Action Network cut up the video, put it on Twitter, and I was like, great, this is going to go so poorly. He managed <laughs> to have the best start of his career, and I was so relieved. Ten strikeouts, looked great. Slider was very sharp. Uh, I mean, it's, this is all command. It's commander boss for him. Command was his carrying tool and scouting reports. He looks great in his second year off of Tommy John surgery. And command is the last thing to come back after Tommy John. His velocity is up a bump. His slider, the stuff plus ratings on it are about 7% better than your average slider. But the fastball, way below average. And the changeup is a fringe pitch. So if he's getting people with the slider, 
he's going to be a good pitcher. But if that slider is not working, if he can't command it, he's really going to struggle. So the, I think the margins on what Fiedo is are very narrow. It's very determinant on one particular thing working. And also, I don't really see this going for a peak for him for more than a few years. I don't think this is something that he's capable of maintaining unless he adds a new pitch for like a 10-year career. So I think we have a limited window here, but right now, this kid is locked in. So the Tigers in both halves, uh, but especially the first five innings, I believe I made them close to a favorite, if not the favorite, for the first five innings. I just want to see specifically where I have them lined. I made them minus 110 for the first five innings. So you can get them at plus money. I got them at plus 115 last night. It's come down to plus 105, but the Tigers in the first five innings, the even money, the first five spread to about minus 140 or minus 130. Otherwise, you can just add more money line. And then their full game money's line as well. All bets for me. Anthony already made the case about Martin Perez. But yes, this stuff is down. The Tigers actually hit lefties. They struggle versus righties. That is actually kind of flipping this year. More incorporating like last year's stats. Their righty and lefty splits have kind of pulled even a little bit this year, but I still project them as a better team against lefties. They have, I believe, eight or nine right-handed bats that they throw out regularly against them. So the better offensive splits for the Tigers, but I really just think Fajardo is a guy who the market is not caught up to yet, and they will eventually. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Hi there, listeners. We're back to invite you to head into this sports betting summer with new gear built to last. And friends of the podcast, Shady Rays have you covered against the glare of that summer sun with premium polarized shades. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company offering world-class products, durable frames, the clearest possible optics, and Shady Rays also offers the best protection plan in all of eyewear. How good is it? Well, every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
Plus, if you don't love them, it's okay. You don't need to cry about it. You just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And you can look good and feel good because to date, Shady Rays has donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. That's nice. So exclusively for you, our beloved podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Well, I should have uh, been more careful when I said a team wouldn't be as big of a dog as Oakland because the Colorado Rockies are to bundo. They're plus 200 and they're playing at Arizona tonight. A, f- a fade of Zach Gallon with Kyle Freeland on the mound. Where's my dog? I'm a big gallon guy generally, but I, I think the market's gotten a little high on him here. I mean, this is kind of crazy. There was a start against uh, Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago yep. where I was looking at the market like, how is this line right uh, on the road at Pittsburgh against Oviedo, who, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of like a little bit, and he was minus 180, and now he's, you know, minus 240 at home uh, against Freeland, who is a solid <clears throat> mid-level starter, especially when he's not having to pitch at course field. I mean, if you look at his uh, his splits from last season and this season, like the the numbers on him are pretty good. And so uh, I just think this number is way too high on on uh, Arizona. As much as I like Gallon, he's still like a 3-4, 3-5 XERA this year. The stuff plus is not elite. Like it's good. He's a clearly above average pitcher and he's improved his walk rate. And that's been really the biggest thing for him. He hit too many guys and had too many walks in the past. And so you've seen him take a, a bit of a step forward this year because of that. Uh, but you know, in terms of Freeland, uh, you know, having, you know, the better, you know, slugging allowed away from home and, and, and just being a better pitcher, I think it's just more closer to, uh, to uh, not a coin flip, obviously, but closer to the number than the market suggests here. All right. And that start you referenced uh, by Gallon at Pittsburgh, eight hits, uh, part, yeah, eight hits, eight runs, five of them earned, walked four, struck out just two. And looking at Kyle Freeland right now, yeah, the home road splits are quite not you know not drastic but there is you're right it, it, on the road he's much better um yeah i mean gallon gallon was putting up some crazy strikeout numbers i mean he struck out i think he had three or four straight starts with with 10 plus k's uh back in back in april and and that was impressive don't get me wrong like i said you know he he had cut the walks too which was the most important thing but you are starting to see the the walks creep in a little bit you know two walks against the giants uh, four against pittsburgh two more against philly in his last outing uh, in which he got hit hard, but but have managed to avoid runs. Like I, I think there's uh, some just natural regression coming for Gallon coming forward. I don't see him in that true top three Cy Young going forward. And that's where everybody had him coming into the year. I'm on the Rockies here too. Uh, they're actually my largest projected edge for today right now. I made them closer to plus 170. So I'm with you on this, Anthony. Um, yeah, Gallon for me is like a number two starter. He's like a low threes, high twos, maybe a high-end number two, low-end ace type of starter, but he's not with those elite of the elite aces. Projections have him in that low threes type of ERA fit projection. Stuff plus, location plus numbers, above average of both, but about 6 or 7% above average. So Zach Allen is gotten a little bit overrated after that scoreless inning streak that he posted last year, broke the club record scoreless streak. It's the seventh longest in major league history was like 45 innings of scoreless baseball that he pitched. 
And then I think since then, people were like, oh, this guy's one of the best pitchers in baseball. No, he's one of the highest floor pitchers in baseball, but I don't think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I don't think the ceiling is, you know, where Strider or DeGrom or those guys are on a start-to-start basis. I think his floor is very safe, but I don't think the ceiling is that high. Yeah, where would you rank him in all of baseball? One to whatever, among starters? Because I would probably put him uh, in like a 20 look, to 25. I would say like 15th to 20th, you know, yeah. going off the cuff. Like not the elite of the elite aces, but like in the aggregate, like a solid like, you know, low end number one. So like 20th. But with all the pitching injuries this year, he's rapidly moving up. <laughs> That's the thing, too, right? Like you were saying, like 3.1 ERA guy is a number two. Like uh, this year, I think that's an ace. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's your number yeah. one guy at this point because there's been so many injuries and like 4.3 is like league average. And, uh, you know, the Phillies are starting Dylan Covey. And it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Um, but, yeah, there's been so many injuries and, and just the run environment being up has uh, definitely lowered – or raise the the average ERA for you know what a ace is, what a two is, absolutely, what a three is. yeah, and it's just so hard to compare everybody else to Degrom. Degrom's at like one point eight, Strider's at like two point six. You know those guys are a little bit separated from everybody else, but yeah, I think I think Gallon is closer to like a three three one pitcher than a two five pitcher, and I think a lot of people are viewing him as that two five guy when he's probably a tier below. Underdogs remain the theme in our final bets. We also have Dinger Tuesday picks from uh, DeBundo coming up here. It is Tuesday. I know it might feel like a Monday after the holiday weekend. We'll have Dinger Tuesday picks in a moment. But Zerillo, staying on the subject of underdogs, tell me about Ben Lively, who's pitching in Boston tonight against Brian Bayo. You like Cincinnati? Yeah, um, I think it's actually very interesting with Bayo because Bayo is a guy I thought was like all stuff and limited command. His command numbers are actually above average this year, and his stuff has been below average in his two major league seasons. His slider is an above average pitch. Everything else is below average. So I'm curious to see how Bayo develops because maybe my opinion of him was higher than what the underlying pitch modeling data is showing. Uh, Obviously, he seems to have a ton of arm talent. He really pops off the screen, but the numbers don't like him as much as I kind of suspected. Um, But Ben Lively has shown excellent command this year. Projections hate him. Thought he would have an ERA, low fives, high fours. His location has been above average, and he's showing strong command numbers. Didn't have great numbers in AAA. Came back over from Korea after a previous stint in Major League Baseball. But, you know, the Reds are a team I've been on a lot this year. Uh, I kind of think since the, the first month or two of last year when they were absolutely woeful and kind of hit rock bottom, the Reds have been maybe a little bit underrated in people's minds because they weren't that bad. Uh, they're only a few games out of the NL Central lead, I believe, right now. Ellie Dever Cruz probably getting the call at some point. So the Reds are playing decent baseball. They really are. Unfortunately, Lively, Luis Sessa, these guys filling out the back end of their rotation is what's going to drag them down and probably keep them out of a playoff spot. But yeah, the Reds for me, uh, plus one sixty is where you can bet them currently. I like them down to about plus one fifty. So Ben Lively, a guy I've been backing, decent command, probably going to get lit up at Fenway Park, but so far he's been better than expectations. Yeah, I, I have a bad feeling about Ben Lively. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Um, because you know, the stuff plus is really bad in AAA and the strikeouts like he was like five point three strikeouts per nine. And like you said, like the walks have been good so far, but it's only been seventeen innings. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, like how long is that going to last? The thing about Bayo is that uh, he's a changeup guy 
And, uh, you know, has talked about this with his model that like changeups are just not great in the model necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like the, the mark, the, the model struggles to give a, a true good rating on them. And so it could just be that the stuff is just wrong on him with the changeup. Uh, but he certainly has been locating better. And that was really the biggest issue in the past and why he got lit up and always had traffic on the bases. Uh, and also the home runs have been a problem uh, for sure. And in that ballpark, it's tough, but uh, you know, I don't expect him to continue to 20% home run to fly ball rate. So I, I no, I'm not laying it with Boston here, but I'm definitely not personally taking Cincinnati. Cause I think lively, uh, I faded him his first start and he shoved into my face, but I, I just don't really buy this guy to be honest. What price do you bet Cincinnati to? Because they're down to plus one forty-five at BetMGM. Um, I like them to. You said plus one forty-five. Yeah, that's as low as I would go. Uh, my target's technically one forty-seven, but one forty-five is still within a percent. You know, uh, two percent, not two percent, but like two tenths of a percent of my target. So yeah, one forty-five is fine, but it wouldn't go any lower. And also, right, don't so- like them first five full game only. Okay. Uh, Zerola, you got a couple more, then we'll go to DeBundo's final bets and Dinger Tuesday. And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers in both halves, it's kind of gotten to the bottom of my price target. Uh, you know, it's just the situation with Adrian Hauser where his command looks slightly better. You say Kikuchi has been super enigmatic and is always capable of throwing a dominant start, but his expected ERA has been over five in four of his five major league seasons. So at some point, we got to say, hey, this stuff looks great, but this guy consistently blows up enough to where we have to rate him at a certain level. So Brewer's better starting pitcher for me, like them in both halves there, but wouldn't really bet them much below about plus 130, plus 120, uh, first five full game respectively. And then the Twins in the first five innings, Joe Ryan, a guy we bet on a lot this season, a lot throughout his major league career. Uh, I mean, his stuff is absolutely elite this year. I believe he's like a top eight pitcher just in terms of pitching plus, uh, which is, you know, the underlying pitch modeling data, but his expected ERA is improved by more than a run. Um, and Brandon Belak is a replacement level arm to me, you know, 79 stuff plus below average command. The difference here in the starting pitching is drastic. It's kind of weird to make a team a big first five favorite against the Astros on the road. Uh, but the Astros really just haven't hit that well this year, and they continue to rate better against lefties than righties. So I think it's a decent matchup for Ryan, not only in terms of the offensive splits, but also in terms of his direct opponent, Belak. So Minnesota up to minus 150 for the first five innings. This line was as low as minus 120 when I went to bet it yesterday. I played it around minus 140, but I made it closer to minus 165. So anything up to minus 150 is fine. All right, Debundo. Final bets, and you can work in your Dinger Tuesday picks. Yeah, I'm going to take a F5 under four and a half in the Marlins-Padres game tonight. It is Sandy Day, and I know it sounds crazy to say that, you know, after what all I've said this year, that I'm actually back. Sandy backing. under. Yeah. Sandy under. I know, it's crazy. Uh, but I think there's something really interesting when you look at the splits for Sandy this year, and I think this is based a lot on what happened the last two seasons where they rode the hell out of this guy. Uh, no matter what the score was, no matter how well he was pitching, he would throw a hundred plus go deep into the seventh and the eighth inning. Uh, and I think you're starting to see this year that at least early in games, the stuff is good and the numbers, the, the results are fine, but as he gets deeper into games, he's getting hit harder and harder because he's not able to sustain the stuff. He's not able to sustain the command 
for longer starts because of just the wear and tear now. So the first time through the order, batters are hitting uh, 179 against him uh, within 24 strikeouts and three walks. Second time through the order, 16 strikeouts, six walks. Hitters are hitting 222 with a 561 OPS, so still very good. But the third time through the order, strikeouts 13, walks 10, batters are hitting 316 with a 961 OPS. Now, if you compare that to last season, it's it's pretty dramatic because, yes, like Sandy wasn't as good the third time through the order, but he was still very good to the point where they could keep him in and not you know be costing the team runs. Uh, and so I think that this is notable and this is something I believe will continue to happen this season. Uh, and as you know, we get further into the year, I want no part of like a full game Sandy under, but in the first five innings, the first two times through the order, I like uh, Sandy still. And even last year, just for, you know, transparency, 531 first time through OPS, 638 second time through 638 again, third time through. So he maintained elite strikeout numbers as well. The peripherals were elite the third time through the order. This year, that's not the case anymore. And so I think first five innings under uh, weathers starting for San Diego. We, we've talked extensively about how bad the Marlins project against left-handed pitching. They were historically bad last year. They have not been good this year. Bottom five and strikeout minus walk against lefties this season in baseball. So I like the first five under four and a half uh, in the San Diego game tonight. And then I also just have major question marks about both starting pitchers. In the Phillies-Mets game, big uh, rivalry series between Zerillo and I uh, starting tonight, first meeting between the two teams, both underachieving thus far. And a lot of the reason that both are underachieving has been the starting pitching. Ranger Suarez has only made two starts. He's looked poor in both of them. He got uh, lit up uh, by the Cubs and and was pretty mediocre against Arizona as well, <clears throat> even though they came back to win the game. His command numbers are a little bit alarming. The stuff has never been good. Ranger's always been a command guy. gets a lot of ground balls. Uh, but... Like I said, if the command isn't good, the walks are up. The, the zone rate on him is down, uh, and the whiffs are down, which means that I think the Mets are going to be able to grind out a lot of longer at-bats. And this is something, you know, with Vientos and and uh, Alvarez coming up, uh, I do expect the Mets to start hitting lefties better than they have in the past. Uh, and so I actually don't think it's a terrible matchup for them tonight, even though in the past I've always said, you know, look to fade the Mets against left-handed pitching because they project much better against righties. Now, on the other side of it, it's a Sanga has similar walk problems, and he and this is something Cirillo talked about, where his uh, stuff is not holding up. You know, second time through the order, he's getting hit really hard, and I think the Philly lineup will be able to get to him. Uh, so I like over eight and a half. There's minus one ten out there. Uh, I like that tonight. Dinger Tuesday, Jorge Soler three to one. We hit uh, both last time I was on, which was fun. Uh, we're gonna go Jorge Soler three to one and Kyle Schwarber plus 340. We are entering that time of the year where Schwarber seems to always turn it around. And sure enough, uh, in the rolling windows on Baseball Savant, Schwarber is top three in highest increase in ex-Woba over the last 100 plate appearances, uh, or 50 plate appearances, rather. So he is turning his season around, as is the tradition. Uh, plus 340, I like Schwarber to homer as well. And you've got the write-up coming later today. Yes, right? Colin will be out a little later than usual. I got some soccer pods to do, but uh, it will be up around probably 3 o'clock Eastern. Excellent. Very good. And by the way, you can catch opening pitch, Sean Zarello's daily write-up covering the entire slate, Major League Baseball slate that is up as well at Action Network, actionnetwork.com. Zarello, you got a pick for Dinger Tuesday? William Contreras, plus 420 against Yusei Kikuchi, 131 WRC plus against lefties, and Kikuchi allowing about 1.8 home runs per nine innings for his career. Absolutely 
one of the worst at allowing home runs in baseball. You say Kikuchi. I think he's allowed the fifth most in baseball since he entered the league. So a uh, great guy to bet home run props, I guess. Excellent. All right, gents. Thank you very much. Sean Zarillo, Anthony DeBundo. Find them in the Action Network app. If they do add Oakland A's money line later today, well, Zarillo might add it, but DeBundo's already on it. And the Rockies. Oh, yeah. Okay, very good. I'm Brendan Glasheen. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Payoff Pitch. We return on Friday. Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. You all have a fantastic Tuesday. Ease yourself back into the week, and we will talk to you again at the end of the week on Friday. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.